0: Okay. Good morning. This is Richard Shue, host of Shoe Untied. Um, Today, I'm very pleased and honored to have with me as my guest Scott McGrew, who's NBC anchorman and host of Press uh, Press Here. Is that right? That's exactly right. Scott, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you. And I got to tell you how excited I am. I've listened to your podcast for quite some time. To be on the same podcast as Big bird. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you've talked to Woz, you've talked to a bunch of interesting people, but to be on the same podcast as Big Bird is—I kid you not—and I'm not being facetious—a huge thrill.
0: Well, thanks, Scott. I feel kind of intimidated because obviously you're a professional interviewer, and here I am. I feel like I'm interviewing the interviewer, so you know, I feel intimidated.
1: <laughs> no, I, no, don't be. I—I uh, I make up the questions as I go along, and I bet you do too. So
0: absolutely. So tell me a little. First of all, why is this called pre- Why is your show called Press Here?
1: So Press Here is a, a half an hour uh, television show that runs after Meet the Press uh, here in Silicon Valley, in San Francisco, whatnot, on the NBC. The idea when we were trying to name it, and as you, I mean, your name, Shoe Untied, so smart. I mean, <laughs> but usually you have to sit around a conference table and, you know, come up with names. What's going to work? What's not going to work? We knew we wanted uh, the word press in it because it follows Meet the Press on uh, on NBC, uh, so that was one thing. And then we tried to come up with clever ideas to get across the idea that it's the tech press meeting with CEOs. And we kind of like the idea of the the high-tech press here. You know, you press the button here. Mm. Uh, and so like most shows, it's sort of just now we don't even think about the origins of it. Uh, I think a little like what ESPN. Nobody really knows what it stands for. Right. right. Um, but that was the original idea is get the word press in there. And then make it high tech in some way, my my boss wanted to call it Sandhill Road, mm. and for your listeners i 'm going to tell you right now, I still am reserving that uh, that name <laughs> I think we 've got it on on copyright somewhere, uh, but we determined that while lots of people would think, "Hey, cool, I know exactly what that 's about." An equal number of people would have no idea what right, the show was about right, right. and think it was some sort of uh, soap opera or something like that, you know. So, it. so tell me a little bit about how you got into press here and maybe even just how you got into journalism more generally. Sure. Uh, well, I'll start with the journalism. I was probably eight years old, saw this thing on television when I was living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, growing up of uh, a local news channel that was showing you how do we put the news on the air. As an adult, I now realize that was a total self promotional. You know, I mean, it was it was a commercial, right? A half an hour commercial, but I was transfixed that there, there are these people that go out into the into the community and don't ever spend any time behind a desk, and they get to ask questions. And I'm you know I'm an eight year old boy. That's all I do. Hmm. Uh, and I knew right, right from then I wanted to be uh, a television reporter, and I've always been. That's the only profession I've ever had. Interesting. Uh, started in a very small town in uh, very small town in Georgia, uh, just south of Atlanta, earning twelve thousand five hundred dollars a year, hmm. two hundred fifty bucks a week, uh, and worked my way up. Hmm. And, and here I am. As far as the the press here goes, uh, my wife bought me a computer when we were in Salt Lake City at the early days of the internet. Uh, I walked down the street to the office of the local ISP because that's how you signed up for the Internet. You got in your car and you drove to an ISP (laughs) and, you know, sat and said, hello, I would like to join the Internet. Hmm. And I did. And uh, I thought to myself, this is going to be something. Uh, And uh, Fox News was starting just around the same time and they needed content. So I am technically Fox News's very first tech reporter back mm-hmm. when Fox News was a very different mm-hmm. sort of channel, and then uh, NBC called me up and said, you want to do it in Silicon Valley? And I said, oh, absolutely. So I've been here 20 years.
0: So now, when did you start the Press Here series?
1: It was uh, and about six or eight years ago. And you're uh, the I one that started it. Yes. Yeah, okay. And I can, I, can t- I can give you the, the exact time, because our very first guest was one of your guests. It was Steve Wozniak. We oh, thought, well, man, he's a friendly guy. We'll get it started off that way. Uh, and the day before he was to appear was the very first day that Steve announced, Steve Jobs, uh, announced that he was going to step away from Apple. Mm. Uh, he did a, stepped away twice, and then finally a third time. Uh, and uh, that interview then became explosive. Mm. I mean, we had a tiger by the tail because here we've got the other mm. guy from Apple on a day after, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, Steve really. says, yeah, wow. exactly. But that was just coincidental. It was coincidental. Uh, we've gotten lucky that way. Right. And so, yeah, so every, right. uh, every week uh, we sit down with high-tech CEOs and we rotate in two reporters from nationally known outlets. So Farhad Manju of the New York Times and Laura Seidel of NPR or, you know, Forbes and Fortune or Time Magazine and the Wall Street Journal. It's a random, uh, you know, selection out of our bench of reporters mm-hmm. that comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, But it's exciting because you have two competitors, Mm -hmm. two competing reporters Mm -hmm. interviewing that CEO, and it becomes this interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. of people, and we just enjoy the heck Mm -hmm. out of it. Now, tell
0: me, how involved are you in selecting the guests?
1: Very involved. I I select the guests, um, and somebody asked me, you know, how do you select the guests? And. And the honest truth is, at this point, the guests come to me. You mm-hmm. know, they they ask, "May we be on the mm-hmm. show?" Mm-hmm. And I say no to ninety percent of it because mm-hmm. you know you get on those PR lists, as you know, and and all of a sudden you're pitched everybody. Right. And ninety percent of them, I say no. But the the remaining ten percent, uh, and then a few, I will go get myself when
0: you get all these guests what are
1: you looking for what, how do you screen how do you figure out what are you they've got there's got to be a for? hook i you know and i'll tell you the guest that i i absolutely dislike having as an example of to to answer your question is security companies uh and security companies i'm sure you know god bless them they're great people they're boring in the sense that they make a product you should use mm. So it'd be like a seatbelt manufacturer, right? <laughs> I mean, I make these things that you put on, and when you get in the car, and then you don't go through the windshield. Mm-hmm. There are no questions to ask that person. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, well, that seems like something we should... So what I'm looking for is is a guest in which there is an obvious hook in which I know exactly what my first question is going to be because I'm fascinated by what it is they're doing. I don't want to be just controversial or, or, or ask tough questions to ask tough questions. I want one of those sort of things where you say, really? Tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, one of my dream guests would be uh, the guy in charge of the Voyager space program. You know, the it's it's left the solar system. Yeah. You know, it's outside the solar system. You know there's a man or a woman who is still in charge of that? What the hell do they do every day? <laughs> I mean, the thing is x number of, you know, portions of light years away. Right. You know, there it's still a job, right? You sit at a desk and do what? <laughs>
0: Now, do you, do you pre-screen your candidates? Do you talk to them in advance or
1: not? Not generally, not generally, uh, okay. which is actually kind of interesting because the first chance I really get to meet them, because these days everything's done over email, mm-hmm, right, Correct. Uh, is uh, to walk into the green room and, and introduce myself, and, and I'll chat with them for a while to get an idea as to how much time to allot them. Mm -hmm. uh, in the interview, because if I'm getting that eye contact during the chat, if I'm getting that response, Mm -hmm. uh, then, then I know they're going to be a good interview, but yeah, it can be a roulette sometimes. Yeah. Right. They may be right. They may be a founder. They may be a CEO. They may be a VC, but that doesn't make it necessarily. They're good television.
0: Have you ever had somebody come in and call it off?
1: No, okay. I will okay. tell you. Uh, we had Mark Pincus, uh, the head of uh, Zinga. Uh-huh. Uh, I've known Mark since boy when he was doing Tribes and mm-hmm. I, and, and all the other really old stuff in social networking. Um, and uh, he was pre-scheduled. This was years ago. Uh, and days, maybe the day before he came on, a video hit the internet of him talking to kids at uh, Haas School of Business in uh, at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. In which he said something to the effect, I'm going to get it wrong, but it was something to the effect of, hey, sometimes, you know, when you're running a business, you got to screw the customer. Mm-hmm. And that just took off like wildfire over the Internet right. at the time. And so it was the very, you know, we ran the clip and asked him about it and 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 God bless Mark, I don't think he saw that question coming. <laughs> he didn't leave, <laughs> but I was surprised later than I said, M- "You know, Mark, of course we were going to ask you that question first. yeah, now, do you coordinate your questions with the other
0: two reporters or are you guys no just I will because
1: we're talking about I mean we're talking about such you know talented reporters, uh, I will g- tell them who the guests are, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I will give them an idea as to why I chose these particular guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I thought it was important that we talk about this issue. Some of the things that I'd like to discuss are whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of uh, this week and, and uh, video screening, you know, I'd like to discuss how hard is that on the employee and, and can AI ever do what, what human eyes can do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because they're talented reporters, I don't give them anything more than that, and they handle it from there. And they know that you know I'm not telling the New York Times what to ask or what not to ask. Right, so right. the guest knows they may get any question at all, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shut them down. Right. So do do you like that format better? I mean, why
0: don't you do you, or would you prefer just doing a one on one? So yeah, you uh, could so you could you know get all your questions in I mean, there, Yes, that that, that...
1: it is very difficult for a guy on TV to sit there quietly and let other people do the questioning. <laughs> So I, yes, of course I interject from time to time, but yes, there are times that, but I just, I love the value add. Everybody's happy. I have an interesting guest for my viewers. The CEO gets before, you know, the NYT and the, and, and the Wall Street Journal in the same interview. Yeah, Uh, and then they've got some content as well. And oftentimes those reporters will go off and write articles, uh, Farhad, uh, Uh, We had the um, head of the Soylent, you know, the shake that you drink, Mm. um, and Farhad interviewed them on Press Here, and then he did a whole piece on it. Now, as it turns out, he really doesn't like Soylent. Uh, He (laughs) he drank it and thought it was terrible. But, uh, you know, so oftentimes if you appear on Press Here and you talk to those reporters— you will end up with articles in those publications. I can't guarantee it, Mm -hmm. but it's often, I mean, reporters are lazy. Why not do it anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So since you've interviewed these incredible guests, how does it feel to have, it feels like you almost have like a ringside
0: seat to Silicon Valley. Yes. What does that feel like? I mean, what does that, tell me about that. It's
1: outstanding, and and I've been in Silicon Valley for 20 years. So uh, I I was there when uh, a couple of guys uh, held a press conference in a boardroom to announce that they were going to provide search Results for Yahoo, hmm. and it was some guy named Larry and another guy named Sergey, uh, and we thought they had kind of a silly name, and and they handed out uh, shirts uh, uh, that said Google, and uh, and I don't know what I did with mine. <laughs> I wish I still had it. So yes, we you know I've been there at the at the beginning of so many things, and it is nice to have guests on repeatedly where you know, they move companies or whatnot and we've known each other for years. Yeah. so
0: Well, tell me some of the, I don't know, it's probably hard to pick out one or two really interesting guests, but do any of the guests, I mean, they all sound very interesting, but do any of them, are there any any's that just really stand out? I mean, that just leap out in your mind?
1: I, I'll tell you two of them. Um, uh, the head of, uh, of Reddit, actually he's not the head anymore, but the founder of Reddit, uh, Alexis Ohanian, and the founder of um, Groupon, Uh, Andrew Mason are two of the nicest human Mm -hmm. beings I have ever met. And I mean that just genuinely Mm -hmm. the kind of guys you want to introduce to your sister Mm -hmm. Uh, in this world of Uber and all the bro culture Mm -hmm. uh, in Silicon Valley. Those two men are two of the nicest human beings I think I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And so they always stand out to Mm me. Uh, and then uh, Roger McMee from uh, Elevation Partners uh, is also you know a huge rock and roll dude, mm. uh, and so he brought his whole band uh, <laughs> and it was awesome. I mean, we talked about you know venture capital and then and then we rocked out uh, with uh, with his band and and that was great fun so.
0: now do you plan your program sort of thematically like you want to cover a certain topic and you look for the CEO? I fake
1: it really well. <laughs> Most of my programs are accidents of calendar. Okay. You know, hey, this is when this guy can make it, and this is when this woman can make it. Uh, and sometimes an obvious theme will just present itself. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the honest answer is no. Uh, but the the occasionally we just get lucky.
0: Now, do you do a lot of research beforehand? Oh or? yeah,
1: no, I love that. Okay, I mean, you yeah. know, I I I am constantly surprised by how surprised the guests book are. O- right, exactly. How you know, much they you know how much I know, right, uh, right. and uh, you can see it in their eyes when they think oh, I'm not going to be able to phone this one in. Interesting. Uh, And I'm also surprised by how often the book authors realize, I think that guy just read my whole book, you know, or (laughs) at least good portions of it. Nice. So, um, so you do? Do you do all that? Do you, I do, yeah, and, yeah, and that's yeah. that's my favorite part of the whole job. Right, 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 you know? right. yeah. So,
0: if you had to, on a scale of one to ten, one being like total softball questions, and ten being you know really hardball zingers, where do you tr- do you try to keep your questions in a certain zone, or do you oh, can try I, to mix yeah, it No, up, I'll, I'll, what, I'll what do, do a do? seven.
1: Um, a Seven. You know, they've got to be tough questions. We had the head of diversity on from Hewlett Packard last uh, last week. And I, I I, told her, and we've had the head of diversity on from Intel as well, and I told her as well, listen, I'm about to ask you some really tough questions about mm-hmm. diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean I disagree with the concept of diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to sound kind of like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are, you know, these are the tough questions that mm-hmm. we've got to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, yes, I think as long as they're fair, I think tough questions are what people are, have come to expect. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about you know, a VC and and founders and entrepreneurs, uh, right. they can handle it. Right. Do they, Do they ever tell you in advance like hey, you can't? Yes, do we've that had that. We've had that. I don't want. To talk I, about. I cannot, off the top of my head, ever think of a time where I've agreed to that because that's just uh, you know it goes against everything that journalism is. Um, I can think of some relationship que- uh, questions where people were. Notably in the news for a, a breakup of a relationship in which we said, you know what, we're not interested in that. Okay. Uh, we're not People magazine mm-hmm. uh, and assured them ahead of time. The reason our viewers are watching is because we want to hear about your, what you're doing in mm-hmm. business and not necessarily what appeared in the newspaper. Do you ever worry about running out of good guests? In Silicon Valley, (laughs) not a chance. They get younger somehow, Shu. You know, that's the weird thing. Uh, And there have been times where I want to lean across to the kid who didn't live through the dot-com boom or, you know, was five. And, you know, he's like, I am creating this thing where, you know, you've got dog food for sale over the Internet. And you're like, they did that. Although, what was it, PetSmart or something paid like, I don't know, $300 million for the exact same thing that Pets.com was. And you think, oh, for God's sakes.
0: So how long do you think, I mean, are you getting to the point where the show is still interesting and you can yeah, oh do, you yeah. do it forever? No, are, you, it's, it's are you
1: reaching a point where it's no, sort of like, no. hey, I'm I want to be Charlie Rose. I want to get to the point where we look back and everybody giggles at how much hair I had, you know, back in the, <laughs> in the 2017 era uh, and have interviewed all the way through. You so know?
0: how many shows have you taped or have you done?
1: Oh, hundreds! I you know I couldn't say offhand, but and it's usually three guests per show. So we're you okay. know we're in the above a thousand guests easily, okay. which is actually really nice because on my other job, just working you know as a tech reporter for uh, NBC Bay Area News is, boy, we got file video of everybody. You know, somebody makes the news. I'm like, I got that. I got that video. Yeah.
0: Have you looked back at some of the older shows and see how has your style changed? How are you evolving in the show, your approach to these guests? That's a really Have excellent question. Have you ever looked question. at some of the old ones to see? I think
1: I've gotten more confident about letting the other reporters do their jobs. Uh, One of the things about being a show host is that you do sort of see it as a cocktail party, and you want to make sure that everyone's having fun and everybody's. And so originally I was worried about the interactions and making sure there was not a moment of dead air, and if somebody hesitated, I would jump in. Mm -hmm. I think I'm letting it grow a little bit more organically now. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, being a show moderator is like being... A party host, you know, you're flitting from one thing to another, making sure that everyone's happy.
0: Have you ever thought about migrating to more of a one-on-one show like a Charlie Rose where you can have this really intimate conversation one-on-one? Is I,
1: I'll be dead honest with you. I, I'm fascinated by your podcast setup. I think okay. that's one of those things. I enjoy your podcast. Uh, there's one uh, called How I Built This. Are you familiar with that no. one from NPR? No. You know, an interview with uh, founders and how they built it. Uh, Guy Raz does it. Uh, John Fort does another one out of CNBC. I think I could see, you know, doing the podcast route with that because hmm. I just think it's such a great great format. Have you have you experimented with doing audio only? No, no, I haven't. Yeah, you and, have, you know, yeah, isn't that yeah, the funny yeah, thing? that yeah. Because podcast basically is radio. Right, uh, right. I know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Not a thing. I, you know, born and raised in television. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a terrible print reporter. Uh, you know, when we write for the websites and things, they always come back and say, make it longer. And, of course, TV reporters try to keep it as short as they can. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that would be a whole new skill set. Interesting.
0: So of all the things you have to do, it sounds like you enjoy the research, you enjoy meeting the guests, you like doing the show. What which, which of those three or four things that you do is kind of the, the most exciting, the one that you really enjoy the most? Is it being on the air? Is it the research? You know, tell me, or, you know, wh- wh- you, what's the You
1: know, exciting? it's funny when you've, I've been on television for almost 30 years now and, and you've, that's the least interesting part, right? Is the, is the showmanship mm-hmm. of it. Uh, that just starts to become naturally. It sounds silly and boring. I really enjoy the research. I, I am that eight year old kid who said, why, mm-hmm. why does this happen? How does this mm-hmm. work? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm fascinated by those sorts of things. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one, um, and maybe some of your listeners know the answer to this. Uh, this wasn't a guest. It's just a, a question that I think is fascinating. When you see a freight train going down the tracks, and there's you know more than one engine in the front, and maybe there are two or three engines pulling the freight train, long freight train, some of those engines are sometimes turned backwards. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that is? I <laughs> no, no idea. Okay, n- n- neither did I. <laughs> It turns out it doesn't matter which direction you run a f- uh, freight engine. Obviously, the one in front has to be facing forward so right. you know where you're going. Right. And so whatever direction that engine happens to be in the yard huh. is the way they put it on the train. Because nobody wants to turn it around. Nobody, it's not worth the bother. Hmm. I think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and for somebody who thinks stuff like that's cool, finding out why about things and doing the research is great fun. Mm, interesting.
0: Do you I'm curious to know cuz obviously, you know, some interviews go better than others. Are do you do you ever get a sense, you know, can you tell from talking to the guest before whether the interview how well the interview is going to go? Oh yeah. Never no, know?
1: absolutely. And 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 to future guests who are listening to this, they will now know, you know, one of my tricks in the green room is I am looking for that interaction. I am say? looking for that you know, are you with me as we discuss, you know, prepping you for the show? Mm. Um, now, some of them surprise you. You know, I mean, somebody you think is going to be dead. It just comes alive on a show. And mm. and the opposite is true as well. Mm. Now, my producer and I have a pretty good system of saying, well, we're going to let this person go a little longer. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's, it can get kind of dynamic. Mm. Uh, we never let, you know, the last guest not have enough time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, it's a dynamic change of, well, we're going to let that, or we're going to cut this a little short.
0: Is there a certain personality type or something that actually tends to be better? or that- it,
1: it, it, Everything in Silicon Valley drives towards a show like this. I mean, in order to be, you know, our, 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 our staples are entrepreneurs and venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are just people who are used to standing in front of crowds, used to pitching, being confident, uh, et cetera. So it is the type of personality that would allow you to quit Stanford mm-hmm. And take your final thousand dollars and put it into a company is the kind of personality where you're going to be just fine mm-hmm. on on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, that that sort of personality is is all over Silicon Valley.
0: What percentage of people watch your show on the internet versus on TV?
1: I'd say it's about seventy five percent internet, twenty five percent television. Okay. And uh, is that
0: is that growing more and more t- uh, yeah yeah it is it now? is
1: uh, it is pretty stable. Uh, and uh, so it's available at pressheertv dot com for those of those who cannot watch it on. Uh, on on television. Uh, I do get a, a funny look. It runs on Sunday mornings. Uh, we, we, uh, I do get a funny look when I show up at church to usher or whatnot because those people will have just watched me on television <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> and they don't realize it's pre-taped. <laughs> uh, but yes, I would say it's seventy-five percent internet. And God bless it. I I'm a broadcaster. I don't care what the format right, is right. as long as people are watching.
0: And do you do the ratings really vary widely with the guests or is it pretty consistent? It's, kind of it's pretty consistent,
1: hand. and it's you know it's a it's a small subset. Of the viewership. If we wanted more viewers, you know, we would show, you know, sexy content mm-hmm. or, or get controversial or throw things at each other. Mm-hmm. The The secret of television, and CNBC figured this out very early on, is it's not the quantity of viewers. It's the quality of viewers. Mm-hmm. If your viewers are extreme, or listeners, are high income, high education, and after all, we're doing a show about uh, entrepreneurship and, ve- and venture capital. Right. Your advertisers will chase those viewers. It doesn't matter how many there are. Mm -hmm. So when you watch commercials on CNBC, it will be for Rolex watches and and Mm -hmm. Mercedes-Benz and investment opportunities and that kind of stuff. That's where the advertising dollars come in. But how do you know what the demographics of your listeners are, your viewers? Um, Nielsen has some pretty good, uh, yeah. Nielsen yeah, Nielsen has been doing this for years, and so we know uh, we know that it's an older uh, an older viewer, mm-hmm. and and we know that uh, income wise, it's a higher income. Right, right. Yeah.
0: So do you for do you see any changes you're going to make to the show going forward? Is there a, either in the format or what you're going to do? Or you? I, I think I think we're
1: good. Uh, uh, I can't think of anything right now, but I would be wouldn't be foolish enough to say that we've perfected it. So as we move on, we'll we'll figure out new things. I do know one thing we're never gonna do because we tried it once, and that is the remote interview uh mm-hmm. where the person's in Los Angeles or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because print reporters, because we largely use print reporters, are terrible at doing remote interviews because, they, you know, you can't see the guest. Right, right. And so you're supposed to just look into the camera, and it works really well on CNN. Uh, but our print reporters, you know, will look at the ceiling. Or <laughs> So we want the guest to be live in the studio.
0: Yes. Well, Scott, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your Delight. taking the time. And if you ever do do something else, uh, you'll have to come back and tell me about it. I will,
1: and make sure, please, to say hi to Big Bird. I will definitely do that. This is Richard Chu and Scott McGrew.